everybody and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. This is Megan. I have another Skype guest with me and her name is a little tricky, but <laughs> I want to welcome Shirstein to the Skype call. And Shirstein, I'm going to have you introduce yourself a little bit. Hi, thanks for having me, Megan. Um, I am a mom of three, um, although our middle child doesn't live with us anymore. We believe he's in heaven. Um, and... I run a nonprofit called Charlie's Guys, which is something we launched after he passed away. Um, I grew up in Southern California. We live in Colorado now. And my older son is five and a half. And my daughter, who I was eight months pregnant with at the time of our loss, uh, is now one and a half. Okay. So they're, they're good buddies. The kids all get along really well. And I just stay home and run the nonprofit. Okay, so what did you want to shine a light on today? I want to talk about child loss and sibling loss. Okay. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate you um, coming on and doing this. I know it's probably not easy to talk about, so I appreciate you doing that. And we'll get into a little bit about um, your willingness to share, but I think this is an important topic for people to, to hear about. So. I kind of just want to give you the chance to tell your story. So if you want to go ahead and talk about the child that you lost, um, I'll give you the, the platform. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, um, it is hard talking about it, but it's also good to talk about it. I feel like it's somewhat healing or therapeutic. Um, but Charlie, he is 23 months old, and he passed away in August of 2017 when his brother at the time was three and a half. So they're about a year and a half apart and just really close, really good buddies. And it was um, very sudden and unexpected. We had, you know, I mean, you relive so many of the moments that you have with your child when you was a child. Um, And then a lot of your memories are also just like walked. So like anything from a month before it's just like really hard to access in your mind but that that month of you know right before he's lost you go back and think like what well what was it like what what happened and was he okay was he sick I'm so confused how did this happen because you don't get your autopsy results back your toxology report back until like eight weeks after it just takes a while and so anyway um what ended up happening was we uh, we went out to dinner that night, my husband and I, and I babysitter, and we came home, and I noticed that Charlie was asleep, but he was kind of whimpering a little, and I felt him, and he was a little bit warm, and he had been having teething signs that week, that was the only thing I could think of, and so I was like, gosh, she's, you know, a little warm, I'll give him some Tylenol, I think that those molars are coming in, because the molars he had left were his two-year molars, and our kids teeth pretty early, and so I really thought he was getting them, and so I gave him a little bit of Tylenol, but he spit it out, he didn't want it, so we just left it at that, it wasn't, like, necessary that he take it, and, um, and I was kind of irritated because he had a full bottle of milk, and I told the babysitter to give him water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, there were just like things that were off. And so I just, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to bed because he'll be fine. He's still sleeping. And 
And then at midnight, he's yelling for me. And he's like, um, Mommy, Mommy, I peed, I peed. And so he had actually been potty trained that week. It was something that he just really wanted to do. And so we, we went with it because that's what you do. Um, and I think it's probably because of his older brother being potty trained for, you know, nearly all his life. And I don't know. So, so uh, he was just, like, more aware of that. And he had peed the bed. Like, his diaper had soaked through. And so I went in there and changed him and moved him into a different bedroom because I didn't want to change the sheet that midnight and do all that. And so we moved him into the what was the nursery. So we had, because I was eight months pregnant, and so we were, like, preparing for our daughter. And so I moved him into the nursery, and I slept next to him because I wanted to encourage him to sleep because when we were walking down the hall, he was talking about watching TV. He wanted to go downstairs. And he was just, like, his bubbly self, like, full of color, full of life, um, no fever. Like, that. the fever went away immediately. It was, I don't even know what it was. And... And then we went to sleep, and and then, like, an hour or so later, um, my other son gets up. He's, like, screaming for me because he picks his covers off, and so I had to go get put his covers back on him. And then I, I tried going back to sleep, um, but that was just too difficult. And then he gets up again, my older son, because the covers get kicked off. So I'm, like, literally up all night long. Yeah. And the whole night, I'm checking on Charlie because I'm, I don't know, I just, like, wanted to go see him because I'm awake. And so I was noticing, like, how peaceful he was sleeping. And usually he, like, snores and he's kind of a loud sleeper. But he was just, like, really peaceful and sleeping. There was, like, literally nothing wrong with him. So it's such a mystery um, because what the autopsy results showed was that he had a, um, a virus and they found it in his respiratory system. So you would expect him to like have coughing, labor. Yeah. Oh, tons. You would expect tons of coughing. You would expect labor breathing. I mean, you would just expect so much, so, so much, especially if something's going to actually kill you. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. So, I mean, I, I go back and I just think, like, I mean, I didn't miss anything. I had every opportunity in the world to catch to catch it. Mm-hmm. Like, here I am up, like, all night long. And so then at 5 a.m., I finally just, like, go to sleep. And I'm, like, I'm sleeping. And now I'm, like, sleeping really solid because I have slept You're all night. You're tired, yeah. My hus- yeah, my husband gets up at 6 a.m. That's his normal schedule. Checks on both the boys. And... Everything seems normal, goes downstairs, comes upstairs, showers, 7.15, it was, or maybe it was 7.10, because I called 911 at 7.13, I remember. Um, so, goes into the bedroom, and he yells for me, and he says, Charlie's unresponsive, come in here. And I thought he was, like, overreacting completely, because I was like, no, 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 Sean, I was, like, just with Charlie, like, two hours ago. He was, like, totally fine. And I go in there, and he's not alive. Like, he is 100% not alive. And so I um, I call, so I, I have to do this, like, simultaneously. I don't even know how I did it, but I dragged him, like, out of bed, called 911, administering CPR, and screaming over the phone to them. They like, can't even understand me. My husband goes downstairs, and he also calls 911. It's like, we're just, like, not functioning. We just, you know, like, one of us should have well, done it. how could you be? Then. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so... Um, they come, like, they come, 
like 13 minutes later and they do everything they can but I mean and I knew I knew as soon as they came that like they weren't going to revive him because it's it was just like I felt like at, after that like your brain dead like he was like he was he was a warm body when I found him he was I mean I think we missed him by like maybe seconds which is like the hardest part it's, I I don't understand it because we were there the whole night. We were there the whole morning. Why? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, of all the nights, you know, of all the nights for this to happen, like, why? Like, how did it happen on a night where we were, like, so in tune to what was happening? It didn't make sense. So then, um, yeah, then there's a whole story, which I'm not going to tell about, like, the investigation into his death and... We were taken to the hospital separately, and our older son, like, couldn't be with us, and then he was put into custody of our friends, and it was just, like, a total nightmare. Um, But eventually, the results came back, and it wasn't our fault. He had, you know, we had vaccinated him, and this should have never happened. There's no real explanation, so. I can't even imagine, on top of the shock and the grief, all of that going into it and we don't have to talk about it because you you, yeah. you you don't want to but that oh yeah. I just can't even imagine well and I, I guess that's normal but mm. normal for people um if there is no like apparent illness or mm. um like you know if you don't have a child who's I don't know maybe always in the hospital or you know right I guess that's just what happens we were just weren't told that this is like normal right we weren't really given that information um yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm very sorry. Um, this is this is really really tough. Sorry. I yeah. I know that you are continuing in your grief process because I know that grief doesn't really end. But if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of the initial grief and how it played out, you don't have to if you don't want to. But I'm just kind of curious. Those first few weeks, months, even kind of the grief that you and your husband went through and your son too um gosh it's like hard to describe I guess I think um your body goes into like a state of shock Mm -hmm. and um and it actually is kind of protective I think I can only speak for myself because I I think um I think my husband probably processed it very differently and so did my son because even like I document, like, everything my son says about Charlie, and, because it doesn't usually happen twice, and he forgets a lot, because he was so young, right. uh, but he even said, like, I, um, I know, I know I didn't appear, or I, didn't, I know it didn't seem like I was sad when Charlie died, but I really was, oh. and I didn't get that from him when, um, during the time, but he told me that like a year later, he just like out of the blue said that to me. And um, yeah, um, and for my son, it was more like, uh, you know, we, we're, we're Christian, so we have like a very strong faith and a very strong connection to the spiritual realm. And uh, so our son was like, I, I, well, I want Jesus to bring him back. And we're like, yeah. yes, of course, you know that would have been ideal, but that, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, we're going to have to wait. 
And then he's like, so Charlie's not going to turn two because his birthday had already been planned because it was like, you know, a few weeks away. Um, so Charlie's not going to turn two and Charlie's not going to go trick or treating with me. And we're like, that's correct. And that's how he kind of processed it. Like, right. I need to, he's thinking of all the events he's going to miss with his brother. Right. And then that's how he processed it. It was just like every time we did something, like, I wish Charlie was here. I wish Charlie was here. So it was just like a lot of that. Okay. Um, and then for me, it was more like I, like, couldn't feel, like, my body. Like, it was like an out-of-body experience. Like, I literally went numb. Um, and... And, like, I was pregnant, so I really had to eat and drink. But it was, like, really hard because I couldn't swallow. Like, I just felt like I lost, like, yeah. so much yeah. of my <laughs> motor skills. Um, but that eventually came back, like, a week or two later. But I didn't feel comfortable driving. And okay. so um, so my sisters were in town for, like, a whole week. Mm-hmm. And so they drove me everywhere. And then we had meals being delivered people grocery shopping. I, I didn't have to do anything Yeah. because I couldn't. So I didn't have to do anything for until December, like January was when I started going back to the grocery store and maybe started to cook again. Um, and I had to, you know, I had to drive to like the doctors because I had all these doctor's appointments um, for the pregnancy. But, um, but I would like literally be driving somewhere and forget where I was going. Like I just like, I just, couldn't really function, so I didn't really trust myself, and obviously that's not how I am now, but right. it, yeah, it's just different, and it was always really hard being in the car, because that's when you're alone, and you just cry in the car, and mm-hmm. it's just like, I know for my husband too, it was just like crying in the car, so we just like, I don't know, we just like have to keep really busy, and I, I am like a social planner naturally, so I just like made lots of plans, made lots of play dates, like I just kept... And I do, I still do. I mean, yeah. we're like the busiest people on the planet. And it's like a joke, but it's how we survive. We're like always in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. You yeah. said two things that spurred some questions for me. Um, and again, if any of these you don't want to answer, just, just tell me. Um, but one is that you mentioned that your faith is very strong. So I'm just curious if that was hard for you when Charlie passed away to kind of stay strong well, in your faith. I know. I think that um, for some people that might be, mm-hmm. you know, hard. Um, and that just, like, wasn't ever hard for me. I just, it was, I, I mean, I, I definitely had a hard time praying and maybe, like, going to church because I just felt like they're not talking about things that are real, like, really relevant. Or they're talking about, I don't know, I just, I was, I was going to, like, the wrong church at the time, maybe. I just, like, wasn't connecting with, like, that big kind of organization. Mm-hmm. But my, uh, my faith, I was never angry. Like, I never got angry at God. I just always asked him, like, to help me. Because I knew that's what he would do. Um, I knew that was, that the only way, like, I'm going to survive this. And that our marriage is going to survive this. Like the like the only way is if we keep our faith. And I don't know. I just never really questioned it. I question a lot about heaven because there's just not a lot of information. And I'm like, does you know, is he growing up? Because in in our dreams, like my husband and I have like synchronized dreams sometimes, and like we see him, and he's like, you know, like a foot taller. Oh my gosh, he's 
grown so much. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But we just, like, have no idea. And I'm like, who's he sleeping with? Like, is he, like, in a house? Or do, do, do they sleep in heaven? Like, I just have all these questions that don't actually matter. But um, it's more like that. Like, who's he hanging out with? It's not, like, mm-hmm. anger. It's just more curiosity. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. have other family members that have past that he would know or that does that make sense well i mean like grandparents Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean like great grandparents his great grandparents um and then you know half my family is jewish so you know i i pray that they're in heaven and i believe they are Mm -hmm. because i see them in my dreams i'm a very vivid dreamer uh but you know i mean you just you don't you really even know who goes to heaven so like I sure hope he's with those people, but I do almost feel like when someone dies, like, um, I know it's really sad, but I'm also like, oh, thank goodness Charlie knows somebody in heaven, you know? And it's like, it's sad. It's like, I believe that God and Jesus are there, and like, that should be enough. But it's just still very, like, I'm in a physical world. I do things very physically, so it's just hard for me to think in any other way. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I'm going to yeah. tell you something, and, I, you know, some people might have a hard time believing this or, or whatever, but it's it's true. When my dad passed away, he passed away yeah. last February, right before he took his last breath, his hand reached up to heaven, and he hadn't moved in, like, two days. So, so wow. that, to me, was like somebody was coming to get him. So that gave yeah. me just a lot of faith that, you know, his sibling, a lot of his siblings had passed away, or his parents yeah. were coming to get him. Um, so for you, yeah. I just wanted to share that with you because Thank I you. do feel like Charlie is with people, <laughs> with yeah. your family. Uh, I don't know who they are, but I believe that he is being taken care of there. So I just Thank wanted to share you. that. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Kind of going back to, to what you were chatting about earlier, something else that you mentioned was that people were visiting you, meals were being delivered. And so one of my questions for you was, one, in what ways were you guys supported that were helpful? But also, like, are there things people just kind of say that they don't necessarily mean or know are not going to be helpful? So, as, so as far as people helping us, like, the meals were really helpful. Um, and then just coming over to spend time with us and talk and hang out was a good distraction. And then um, we had some friends, or we have some friends in the athletic department of uh, CU's like, football team. Mm-hmm. And just like CU Athletics in general. And so they were able to like just do a lot for us with, um, you know, having us on the field for a game or recognizing us at a game, having us go to a football practice that was just like a private practice and all the football players gave our son high fives and like hugs and just, you know, like just really special um, attention that made us and him feel really special and loved and cared about yeah. and cared for and so all that was just really special the memorials that were um kind of put in place all over our community so like our neighborhood put in a park bench and where we would go to the park and we still go there all the time and um there's a tp at a farm we used to always go to and we still go to it but you know those are the things you do with toddlers you like you know, you go to all those places, there's a butterfly pavilion, there's a plaque there for him, just kind of all over the place, anywhere and everywhere we went, there's like a memorial for him, um, that's like a permanent memorial site, and so that's really cool, 
and nice to have. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as things people shouldn't say, I mean, it's so hard because even going through this myself, when somebody like loses somebody they love or an animal they love, uh, I like, gosh, I can't even come up with anything to say. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I would just say like, um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about you. I love you. Or if it's somebody I don't really know, they like you're so loved. Like you're not alone. I mean, I don't really know what to say even because like I don't even know what I would want to hear because it's just such, it's so hard and it and it's it changes like hourly what would be compatible with your emotions at that time. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, I really am uncomfortable when people tell me about like Charlie's an angel because. I don't believe that. <laughs> so it's like, that's nice for you to say, but, um, but I think more like stuff like that, that's more spiritual when you're just not on the same page is not helpful or even things like, I don't know. And then it goes back and forth. Like if you say, Oh, well this was God's will. I feel like I would feel really upset or you might catch me the next hour and say that was God's will and I'll like feel a sense of relief. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, I think it's a good point that it kind it. of changes yeah. and, and depends on, on who you are. I spoke to somebody who lost her son to suicide and she yeah. just, she said that, you know, there's just so much that people in, in general, they're trying to be helpful um, right. and they're trying to say the right thing, but sometimes it's just not the right thing. And sometimes it's not right. that person's fault. It's just the day that they say it on is not a good day. So I think, exactly. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you just have to have a lot of grace because mm-hmm. it's just, it's never going to sound good because the situation's not good. You know, right. it's just, yeah, there's nothing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's it. So what you have started is a nonprofit called Charlie's Guys. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, we're helping a lot of kids, which is really nice. It's nice to be busy doing something purposeful. Um, and what we do is we provide an experience or a physical gift uh, for the child that's based on their interests or hobbies, things that they like. So on our website, there's a referral form and the parents can fill it out or an aunt or uncle or a family friend. I mean, someone who knows the child well Mm -hmm. and knows the parents well because they're going to have to communicate. If you're referring somebody, you're like the liaison now, we'll communicate with you, but you still have to talk to the parents because we're not going to buy something for the kid that the parents don't approve. Right. So, um, and sometimes, like, they request something. Like, we've had kids who pass away, and they were in the process of having, like, a make-a-wish fulfilled, but because of their, like, diagnosis and their illness just so rapidly, like, takes their life, it doesn't come to fruition. And so, you know, if it's within our budget, we've been able to, to do that for the family as, like, a memorial for their son or daughter. Um and so sometimes they request, like, we'd really love to go to Disneyland as a family. Like, a getaway would be huge for us because we know getaways are huge. Like, we get that. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll, we have a budget per child and then a, a very small budget per parent. And we just see what we can make work within that funding. And then we also, because we're a nonprofit, 501c3, 
we we can apply for a lot of like donated tickets or you know um, uh, complimentary hotel stay stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, we the value of the experience can exceed our budget if we receive donations for some of those. So. And the, the main helpful. reason you started it was to recognize the siblings who have lost, a, like a sibling who has lost well, another sibling. Is that exactly? Right? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the the purpose behind it is to make them feel loved and not forgotten. Because they're dealing with this their entire life, so mm-hmm. there's no timeline. Like that, we do have a cutoff age, so it's eighteen. Okay. But if you're seventeen and you lost your brother six years ago, we're still gonna provide you with something mm-hmm. because two years, three years into it, like people are moving on. They're they know that you've lost somebody important, but they their the the empathy level is just different, mm-hmm. and so. We want people to still feel that same compassion, regardless of where they are on their journey, and and we also want you know them to know like how important your sibling is, like yeah. and still is in your life. Like we want them to know that person mattered, mm-hmm. and so we want to do something for you, and and so we just try and um, fill up their know mind space with something other than grief like oh now I can look forward to going to Disneyland or now I can look forward to this new toy that I'm playing with or this I, I don't know I mean it depends on the child because some kids are young and they want like a power wheels or something that's going to occupy them for a long time I mean there's a play set like a swing set in the backyard that's going to be there for 10 years I there's just it just depends but we we do it for for them and also for their siblings. So, yeah, I think it's really, um, really special that you're thinking of the siblings too. Um, cause obviously in your own situation, um, Charlie had a brother and was about to have a sister. So how have right. you guys kept Charlie's memory alive with your other two children? Um, I mean, that's been like the fairly easy part, I mm-hmm. think. And, uh, it's also when you lose somebody, like, that is like literally a part of you um you don't feel like they're gone like their physical presence is gone and and even and even sometimes it doesn't feel long like I'm constantly miscounting how many people I have in my party I'm constantly thinking I need more car seats or that I, I just like it's just this constant thing like your brain doesn't really accept the fact that this person's not there and so for all of us, we kind of just like function in this place where like Charlie's still here. So that's been really easy because we talk about him all the time or if we're playing a game and there's, you know, these pieces are designated for each family member, Charlie's always included. Um, Charlie's always included in all the, in everything. So mm-hmm. you know, our Christmas card, our, uh, uh, when we talk about how many kids we have, because you get asked that question like a hundred times a day by people. And we just, yeah, I just say, you know, I have three kids, um, and my oldest is five and a half, and I hope that they don't continue asking, and then, um, if they do ask, well, where's your middle child, I'll say he's at home, because I don't think that's a lie, and it's like, we really get into it, and like, yeah, well, home is heaven, that's where he is, you probably didn't want to know that, but here we are, right, so, um, but I mean, so our kids hear us talking about them all the time, and we're not, like, neglecting 
we're not neglecting him. So then they don't neglect him. Like they're at school talking to their friends and that's when, you know, conversations come up and he's like, I have a brother, Charlie, and he died. Or Charlie, my brother had blue eyes that he died. And so, you know, kids are just very blunt. And mm-hmm. so we just, we just talk about him all the time. He's in, he's in a lot of photos with us because we will take picture, like a photo of him on our trips and we'll, I mean, he's not in every single photo with us, but we do try and um, include him in those. So, yeah. Did um, did your other son go through any, like, therapy or grief support at all? Yeah, he, he has, and we have just taken a little bit of a break over the summer because we want to have just a really relaxing summer because mm-hmm. it's really busy. Um, so he went like once a week for the first six months then he started going like twice a month then once a month and so I think we're just going to stick with once a month it's good for him to have that relationship Mm -hmm. with his therapist and it's play therapy so they don't really even talk much about Charlie necessarily because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to get sad and doesn't want to talk about it but they talk more about like regulating emotions and you know, okay. they observe him playing and outbursts or whatever. I mean, he's he's a really like obedient, good kid. So it, it's hard. I want him to like have an outlet to yeah. talk about bad things, but he doesn't want to talk about bad things. Right, he just right. wants to talk about like the good things. And even today, I was cleaning the um, what is it? The window. So we have a sliding glass door. And the bottom portion of the sliding glass door has not been cleaned since Charlie passed away. And it, I don't think it will be cleaned ever unless we move mm-hmm. and have to clean it. Because uh, I was wiping down and, you know, sure enough, somebody goes, why are you wiping my, me and Charlie's fingers off? Oh. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not. I'm wiping the top part, the top part where you guys couldn't reach. So don't even worry about that. But yeah, I mean, it's always on our mind. Um, have they told you or have you done any research? I guess I'm just curious, um, as your children get older, like I'm thinking more teenage years, if, if this will kind of come out, um, I don't know if anybody's kind of prepared you for that or if you've done any research on it. No one has prepared me and I expect it to be hard. I expect it to be harder than it is now. I expect it to be, um, yeah, that's why um, there is a misconception, I think, you know, people are like, oh, well, at least he was so young. I can mm-hmm. see at least that's a good thing not to say, that yeah. anything at least. At least six, at least five. Oh, yeah. At least you uh. had two years with him. At least oh, you, ah. yeah, or, I don't know. But those are the things you don't really want to hear the at least. Like, well, um, and so, uh, yeah, he was three and a half. And so, I mean, it's really, really unfortunate, like, how childhood amnesia, like, just step in and you just kind of your brain's going so fast you just literally lose memory mm-hmm. your your brain doesn't hold on to things and so he holds on to some things and the things I've written down the things we have pictures of videos of um, but but yeah I mean he he's going to recognize like that he doesn't have anybody in high school with him mm-hmm. and he's going to recognize that he has you know maybe no one to play golf with or, you know, he'll have to rely on friends all the time. Right. And his friends will have their brothers. Yeah. And so it'll just be different. And I think it will be really hard. And 
I think, yeah, he'll get really angry because your mind just changes and I don't know. Yeah, and emotions change. And I'm I'm even curious about your daughter, um, even though yeah. she never met Charlie. I'm just curious how think how her grief might change as she gets older. I have no it's idea. It's still sort of a grief. I I I it, would label it because she knows that she uh-huh. you know had a brother and she's never really gotten well, to meet him. Yeah, and she didn't get to meet him. So yeah. I think that's going to be the hard thing for her is that like it's unfair that yeah. Scotty got to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. Scotty has all these memories with him and like. Scotty's like the special one because he got like he got time with him and yeah. I, I just I see it being really hard. I know I know um, you know when you go through something like this, you find out about so many families that this happens to. I had no idea um, people that you know, people you interact with, and I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of like it really hasn't really hasn't ever talked about in households it seems like yes. I mean some households might but I don't know a lot of households that did talk mm-hmm. about it with their younger kids who didn't get to meet their sibling right. so I, I don't know if they're I don't really know yeah I you, would love I would love somebody to reach out to me and say right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm the mom of a 17 year old and have the exact, exact same situation as you and Here's in my experience, but I don't know if that will happen. Yeah. Well, if anybody listening has been in this situation, please please reach out yeah. and we'll connect you. Um, one of the things yeah. that you mentioned in your email, and you kind of just mentioned it now, is is talking about death with, with your kids. So do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think it's really important because there's only one thing certain in this life, and it's that we will die. Mm-hmm. Like, we will die. Um, and... Um, I know it's scary to talk about childhood death because I, I think, you know, there's that fear component that, like, now my child's going to, like, not be able to sleep at night because they're going to be scared. They're not going to wake up in the morning or whatever. Like, there is a fear component to that, and I think that's what inhibits people from talking about it. But, um, but I think the benefits of talking about it outweigh that fear, and I think you can really talk through the fear. Um, because there, you know, if you're talking about death and you know somebody who, whose uh, sibling has passed away, um, and you know it's going to be a subject that people talk about or that, you know, you hear his name and your kids are going to wonder who's this person. I didn't know he had a brother. Now, now you're saying he does have a brother, but he doesn't have a brother. Like then, then there's the whole thing like, well, what if I die? Are you going to like stop talking about me and I'm no longer going to be? A person who exists anymore like are you not going to count me as your child you know I just think like there's so many questions that it brings up that you just really need to talk about it and communicate with kids because um, it builds a level of like empathy and compassion when they when their parents talk about oh Scotty has a brother and he passed away and and then, um, and then I don't have to deliver that information because right. kids, because kids do come to me like for at play dates. They like talk to parents. And I was at a play date one time, and a little girl said to me, "Oh, Scotty doesn't have a brother." And I said, "Oh, oh, <laughs> ooh, I like literally don't even know how to navigate this because." Um, and then, she, and then she ended up saying, "Well, I didn't know he had a brother," so she kind of retracted her statement like he doesn't. And she's like, "Well, I didn't know he had a brother." And I'm like, ooh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, well, so tell me about your 
brother, yeah. you know? And so then I just like completely avoid the subject. But, um, but I mean, if I were to engage in that conversation, um, first of all, I don't think it's appropriate. I'm not going to tell her like how he died, that he died. Yeah, um, exactly. I just, yeah. I obviously there's like, obviously your, your parents know what happened and they're not telling you. Um, maybe that's intentional, maybe it's not intentional, but it's really not my place. Um, because then, then like the spirituality component comes up and, and you know, what if they're like not on the same page and they want to tell their child about, you know, reincarnation or, or something else. And you just, you, you want to be in control as a parent. You want to be in control of that information with your children. And I'm a very like conscientious person, but not all people are. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your first, your child could be talking to somebody who, who talks to them about reincarnation and you didn't want your child to hear about that. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's safest to have those conversations with them. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think even adults don't like to talk about it. Um, right. When my dad passed, we were in a grief group and there was a couple who had lost their child very similar story to yours um no real signs and just kind of woke up and she she was gone and every time they spoke up in the group you could tell that everybody was very uncomfortable and didn't really know how to react what to say because a lot of us had lost somebody who had been really sick or who was older um which is just a different type of loss so i think i think even adults get nervous about talking about it especially when it's somebody so young Right. Well, then I just think it's really important. I don't have like tons of advice to say because mm-hmm. I, I just don't. But I do think like um, it is, even though I personally know a lot of people, um, it is extremely rare yeah. to have something like that happen. Like right. it is so unusual. And that's just something you talk about with the kids is that like this is not going to happen to mm-hmm. you. Because exactly. it's not going to happen to them. And it also like, it, it makes them like appreciate life more. I mean, and and like value things. I think it can add like some really good positive components to your character when you when you know about the the reality of the world. And you know, maybe like you know, you're not going to play on the train tracks with those kids because you know, like that could be the end. Yeah. So you're just making better decisions. You're just more aware. Um, I don't know. Okay. So where do you feel like you are now when it comes to kind of grief and, and your loss? Um, obviously you've started this nonprofit as a way to give back, but where do you feel like Mm -hmm. you are now? Um, I guess like, I just take it one day at a time. Um, because if I project too much in the future, I'll get really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, where I am now is just like running the nonprofit and trying to raise my kids. I, I mean, there's no profound thing to yeah, say. That's it's okay. Like, it's literally, it's literally like one breath in, one breath out, and mm-hmm. that's where I am. Because I, I get very sad if I think about it. Um, I I don't know. I just I, I don't I don't get I get very sad, and I'm trying not to be sad mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah um your non did anybody kind of tell you like are you sure you want to take that on like were people worried about you starting this nonprofit? well it was i want to say it was like kind of secretive okay we didn't even tell anybody about it until we launched it mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I think we told like my sisters and my mom and his his family, but um, no one, no, 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 no one said anything like that. Okay. Um, I I don't know if it's just like our personalities. They knew like, or if our faith. I think you know. I just think like their witness to us mm-hmm. is so close that they knew it was something we would be able to to do, and they knew it was like the only thing that would keep us going. Right. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's brought a lot of joy to your life and something that you kind of have control over and, yeah, and that you are exactly. able to help other people. And it sounds like your personality is that that's very fulfilling for you. Yeah. What would you maybe tell other people who may be in your, a similar situation as you? I don't think it gets easier. I think that's something people say that's wrong. Yeah. I, um, I can talk about that a little bit Um, because um, even counselors will tell you it gets easier, but they might not have actually experienced a loss, like a, Mm -hmm. like a unexpected loss. Because I think everybody experiences loss. I mean, we all lose people. We all grieve. Like we're, we're all going to grieve. Um, But, but when you have to, I, I feel like I have to grieve for so long because, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and our poor kids have to grieve for so long because they have to grieve like their whole life. I, I just kind of feel bad that, that that's how it is. But anyway, I don't think it gets easier. Um, I made this metaphor where like, it's like you're lifting 600 pounds mm-hmm. and you're lifting 600 pounds every day and people are like, oh yeah, it's getting lighter, isn't it? It's <laughs> like... No, um, 600 pounds is equal to 600 pounds. Like, it doesn't ever get lighter. It doesn't ever right. get like 400 pounds yeah. <laughs> or 60 pounds. Like, it's always going to be that heavy, heavy weight. Mm-hmm. But you get stronger. And, I mean, I would, I don't know. I mean, I would just say that, like, my faith has, like, really helped. So if you're, if you don't have a faith, like, maybe start looking into different faiths. Because I just feel like there is something very supernatural about navigating between, like, earth and this, like, spiritual world. And you, if you really look, look in our world, like, you can see things that are, um, that, that, we, that, that, like, they're, like, reminders that your loved one is near. Mm-hmm. And so if you can feel them near you, then I just think this whole journey will be a lot less painful because there's just more presence of them yeah and and so that's what I've experienced um yeah you also talked in your email about um I'm curious about this following grieving mothers on social media so something we talk a lot about on this podcast is social media and we often say that it can both be good and bad and I think one of the good things is finding people who you connect with so um can you talk a little bit about that yeah, um, I know, because there's a, there's a lot of people who post kind of like incessantly about grief, mm-hmm. and, and more often than not for me, it's really helpful to read, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're reading my heart, like this is so good, this is so good, um, and sometimes it gets overwhelming, like maybe I'll read like three out of the like ten stories, but it's still like really helpful, um, and you know, I, I, I want to share sometimes, but I don't feel like I can share that much all the time. So for me, it's really helpful to read it. Um, 
not as much to write it, mm-hmm. although sometimes it's helpful to write it. Um, are you kind of asking for like specific people that I follow? Um, if you want to, you can share. I, if you want, you can. I was just curious. You know, I do. I can see where that would be helpful to kind of be like, okay, someone gets it because I don't know if you joined right. any any grief groups or support groups, but I imagine that there's not a lot of people within your community that no. have gone through what you're going through because, like you said, it's yeah. very rare. <laughs> it's too hard, and like you said, in your grief group, when, like, the couple that's so yeah. about, like, losing a child, I mean, it's just, like, um, it's just, it's too hard to be in a grief group because it's just... Different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, yeah, I just imagine that there's not, like, locally a lot of parents who have lost their child because it's not something that that happens right. that often. And I so. think the hard thing, too, is, like, when you lose a child, like, even if you're in a group, because I tried to I tried a group for, like, one I, one or two times. I didn't really try, give it a good try, but um, I ended up having a baby, so that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, yeah, um, and... Uh, you know, there was a there was a couple who lost their child at like seventeen. There was a couple who lost their child at like one day old. There was a couple, and it's like all these different couples who have lost children. But it's like it is still so different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's unique about losing a child is that like it can be such similar circumstances and still be so different. Or like right. my loss is different than like a mom who lost her son to cancer or you know it's just like such different such different situations and it ends up just like propelling your grief in such different ways so yeah yeah Yeah, I think that's why the online community can be super helpful because you can find people you know who have been through yeah exactly Mm -hmm. okay um so you kind of mentioned when I asked in my email this question you had you had said sort of what you just said, but I'm curious if there's oh. anybody else. Um, we, my dad always used to say, build each other up, don't tear each other down. And so I had, I ask every guest to tell me somebody that they want to build up. And in your email, you had said like people who share and certainly that can be your answer, but I was just curious yeah. if there was anybody else that you wanted to build up. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of people because there's, um, Gosh, I've met like a lot of moms too through the organization who have referred their children who have started mm-hmm. nonprofits okay. and of their own, mm-hmm. and so I think that's really cool and meaningful and helpful. Um, so there is this grant foundation that I'd like to highlight. Okay, that I did write about. Um, it's called Gabriella Smile, and it helps families with expenses. It's specifically for DIPG, which is a brain cancer that's inoperable. And I've learned a lot about it because a lot of our um, siblings who are recipients of our experiences have siblings who have this. And it is, it's just like horrific. Um, It's horrible. So um, my heart really goes out to those families. And so I think it's really cool that they started this foundation that can help them with some expenses. Because I, I, I can't even imagine the expenses, but, uh, you know, that at least helps a little bit. And it's called Gabriel Smile. Okay. Um, then another family, Love for Liberty, has like a pen pal program for bereaved kids. Okay. And I think that's a really cool idea. 
um, for kids to have connection because I get that connection through pen pals. And what I like about being a pen pal is you write on your own time. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you're not feeling emotionally ready to write, you don't have to. And when you are feeling, you can. And so I think that's like a really nice way to communicate. So I think that's a cool program. Um, Okay. I know I should have written more down. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess that's something I didn't really think about is that as you're helping these kids, you're also probably meeting a lot of families that you can connect with too. That's kind of a new community for you. It is. And I I am. And like, I, I don't, I kind of will open up, not open up um, too much, but um, I'm very compassionate in the emails to them, but it it isn't unless they share with me that then I, you know, really connect with them because not all families want that, Mm -hmm. but then you see a door and it's open and so you end up, yeah, you end up connecting with really nice thoughtful, you know, people. Yeah. And do the families yeah. that come to you, they come from all over? They're not just They locally. do. So we're nationwide. Okay. Um, and we've covered a lot of states now. I'd have to go to our website to look, but at least half the country. Okay. At least half the country now. Okay. Um, and... Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Charlie's guys? I know we kind of did that a while ago, but is there anything oh. else that you wanted to share? Um, just that, like, there's, some people think, like, oh, well, I can afford a gift for my kids, so I'll just buy it, and that's kind of not our purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the purpose is that somebody else is doing something special for your child, because that makes them feel special when somebody else does something for them, and it, it definitely makes them feel special when their parents buy them stuff, but there's, there's, like, no financial need. It's not, like, need-based. Um, right. We just, yeah, we want people to feel cared about. Okay. That's the purpose. How can people find Charlie's Guys on the internet? What's your website? Well, our website is www.charliesguys.org, and it's C-H-A-R-L-I-E-S, G-U-I-S. And then we're on Instagram, at Charlie's Guys. We're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter, Although that account's not that active. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because you can't really write anything. Um, but, like, and then work. people can, do- I'm assuming, people can donate to you if they, if they choose, if they want to make it. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Um, you'll get a tax deduction, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, and that's all on the website. We, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, if anyone has feedback for the website, that would be great. I just do the whole thing, and I'm not like an expert, but I do try and keep the website very uh, simplistic, mm-hmm. so people can find things pretty easily. Um, so there's just like a few tabs, and then there's like a lot of folders under the tabs. So you can there's different ways you can help out. You don't have to donate money necessarily. Okay. You can sign up for you can like link your your. Uh, grocery number your grocery card phone number to the grocery store and we'll get money that way um you know there's just like tons of different ways to be involved yeah great um i'm really like i said i'm really glad you did this i know that it it takes a lot of bravery to to talk to a stranger about about a little loss like this so i appreciate it i am 
so sorry for what your family has gone through. Um, I'm way impressed by what you've done. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's amazing, and I hope that people check out Charlie's guys and and follow you guys. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Um, I think I think those are all my questions, though. So, but I just wanted to make sure that we didn't miss anything that you wanted to say. Yeah. No. I mean, um, I really appreciate what you're doing too. I think it's really cool to shine a light on topics that people don't talk about, or you know, I mean, there just because people don't want to talk about doesn't mean others don't want to hear about it. Right. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I guess yeah. one of the things um. I have a lot of people listen to this that have kids, so uh, part of me is a little yeah. worried that they're going to or be very scared that something like this could happen to them. Do you get I that know. a lot from parents? Yeah, I yeah. do. All the time. Um, all the time. It's, it's really hard to get that information. Yeah. I try not to feel too guilty about it. No, and you um, shouldn't. Because, you shouldn't. No, I know. I'm, but, I, but I mean, you know, when you are the reason somebody's like fearing um I would say I guess pieces of advice that are more practical like if you are nervous like the outlet system that sock that children wear um when they're 18 months or younger has been really helpful for us we also use angel care which is a monitor that fits under the mattress in a crib and 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 so I mean for us we use a lot of monitors now and I, I don't know, I mean, you don't have to use the monitors, but if you're not sleeping at night, you have to do something, and you have to realize that you're not in control, and right. that it's probably not going to happen to you, so, um, and that it's not your fault if something happens, I mean, I, I don't know, but people are going to be scared, so, I don't know, I just, I would just encourage, I encourage my friends when they, like, get nervous to me, I just tell them, like, um, like you're kind of worrying about nothing. Yeah. You're, you're like yeah. really wasting energy here mm-hmm. because there's just nothing you can really do. And if you are really worried about something, um, and you and you want to do something about it, the only practical thing to do is to get like a sleeping monitor. That is like the right. only like practical thing that you can actually tangibly do. But otherwise, just stop. Just yeah. stop, like, and let, like, good thoughts come into your head. Just, like, stop, take them captive, get them out, realize it's true, and move forward. Like, yeah. you just can't. That's, I think that's good advice. I, you don't, again, don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'm curious if your anxiety peaked <laughs> after this yeah. with your other two children. I mean, we go to the doctors all the time, yeah. and my kids. I mean, my daughter has been sicker than Charlie ever was, mm. and I take her to the doctor, and I'm like, she, she must have, like, pneumonia or something, and they're like, no, she doesn't, and if she does, you'll know, and I'm like, no, I won't oh, know, actually. Oh, that's got to be hard to hear. You that. know, I, I won't know, because I'll never know, and I'll, like, that's just not my life. My children don't get symptoms when they're sick, and when they have symptoms, you're telling me they're, like, not that sick, so... There's that whole thing. So, I mean, we, we do. We go to the hospital quite a few times. Um, we went to the ER, I think, 10 or 12 times that first year. We were there all the time. Um, but we've had our kids checked out in cardiology, neurology, um, pulmonology. I mean, you yeah. name it. Oh, our staff had a swallow study, so whatever that department is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, literally everything. And I mean, everything comes back clean. Yeah. Generally, generally. I mean, there's like, you know, it's good to get stuff checked out. Like our daughter had some heart stuff. Our son had some heart stuff. We think Charlie probably had some heart stuff. Okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, you just, it's, yeah, we're like, we're not as crazy as we used to be though. Well, I mean, I, and I wouldn't even call you crazy because <laughs> I, I would just say anxious and, and concerned because of what you, yeah, what you went through. Anxious. What do you do yeah. to take care of yourself? Oh, well, <laughs> I probably caught I mean, you on a good question. I, I, I have, I have it, I have it pretty good, I have to say, because, um, I play tennis, mm-hmm. so that's, like, a very good, like, um, workout. I play golf with my husband. I also play golf with friends when I can, like, really early in the morning, um, because I want to spend as much time with my kids as I can, but I do have, like, ways I can relax. Yeah. Um. So I do get to like go do those things, which is nice. Um, and I have a really reliable babysitter. I mean, I have uh, our nanny. She's um, she's been babysitting with us since Charlie was a newborn, and so she's even helping out with the organization now, volunteering. Oh, that's great. As one of our admin, yeah. So I mean, I just I have really good people in my life. Yeah. So. I just imagine that you're pretty busy with your two children and, and running the nonprofit. So I wanted to make sure that we were talking about self care too, because that's very important. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. no, that is important. Um, yeah, but okay. I think I'm okay. Yeah, at least right now. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't want to keep you too long. I know that your babysitter's there, and you probably want to let her let her go so you can be with your family for the rest of the Saturday. So, um, thank you so much again for coming on, and I think that this is a good topic for people to listen to, even though it's a hard one to listen to and a hard one for you to yeah. share. I still, I think it's important. So, um, thank you so much. And for the people listening, if you have any follow-up questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me and I can pass them along. Um, did you have like any personal Instagram or anything that you want to share or just the Charlie's guys? Um, yeah, I mean, you could follow me. Okay. My personal one. Um, I don't post that much. Which is maybe a good thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's at C U K J D. Okay. C U K J D. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Great. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much. I will yeah, let you go. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'll keep you posted. So nice talking with you. You're, thank you. Too. you.